Hi everyone, I just wanted to take a moment to thank some of our patrons for supporting us. Um, thank you to Sean Locke, Jana Loney, Dylan Beauchamp, Prozac Haven, Jupiter McIntyre, Connor Fox, Emery Silvers, Saffron, Neopet Graveyard, and Adrian Frisbee. Uh, and now on with the episode. Sandwich. Ham sandwich. Welcome to Lukewarm Takes. It's like hot takes, but worse. I'm Jack. I'm Ford. <laughs> um, I am so red right now. Where, where I cut that? <laughs> if I cut it with the preamble, or if I just leave it at ham sandwich, only God knows that. It is not up to me right now. The context. The context. No, is- no, no. No, no, no. <laughs> no. I'm not trying to describe the context. Okay. I'm just saying the context is between us and God. I see. Uh, I, I don't know why I said ham sandwich, but ham sandwich is what we're going with. It's good. It's good. You um, ever had a good ham sandwich? Like you get some good, you get some good grocery store ham. I am, I am much more of a fan of grocery store turkey. Mm-hmm. You know the turkey that has like pepper around the edges? Ooh, fancy. I don't eat meat anymore, but when I did, ooh, baby. I'm a big fan of like a, I'm personally a big fan of like salami, like a good salami. Oh, not I like, fucking love salami. Yeah, like not like, not like slimy grocery store salami. Cause like sometimes you get salami and you're like, uh, this is ruining the experience of salami because it's a weirdly wet salami, but. Cured cured meats mm-hmm. oh i want to i want cured i honestly think because there was a time in my life where i could have eaten cured meats for breakfast lunch and dinner yeah no me too that time is um right now <laughs> yeah i actually do not miss it that much yeah, I, I don't know what, what, what it was about me in, like, middle school where I was, like, cured meats is the only thing I can consume, but that's just autism, baby. Yeah. I, yeah. There are some foods that I feel like every autistic person goes through phases with. Um, yeah. You know, you know about my, my uh, late night bread. <laughs> <laughs> the bread we buy from downstairs and then we secret away like the rats in Cinderella. We are- out of bread that I can eat at night at my house because my mom buys seed bread because she's granola like that um Mm -hmm. and it's there's too much going on for it to be an enjoyable night bread um context (laughs) listeners every night before I go to sleep I must have carbs or else I can't sleep (laughs) and so I will always either bring a slice of bread to bed with me or a bowl of crackers to bed with me and I just sit in bed and eat them um but there's my personal there's nothing for me to have in my house right now it's very sad yeah I saw a TikTok recently and this is going to be relevant I promise where uh they were or some where somebody was like my husband works with uh with autistic adults and he lives with me who's an autistic person and uh he was saying there you obviously can't generalize autistic people but there is one thing that I can say confidently about every autistic person she was like what is that and he said every autistic person likes small crunchy snacks small crunchy snacks <laughs> like goldfish, goldfish or like ritz crackers or shit like that 
nothing hits nothing hits like a goldfish cracker it's true i'll be real my thing is ritz crackers that's why i named them off because like i'm not even joking if i get like a sleeve of ritz crackers they are gonna be there later uh same same at Emerson, I would buy the like gallon cartons of goldfish and they'd be gone under a week. Yeah, uh, we are, we survived on so many carbs. Mm-hmm. I still do, except yeah. not today. That's not true. I had a muffin for breakfast and pasta for dinner, but I didn't have Brussels sprouts for lunch. Yeah, I enjoy, yeah, uh, I am sorry for your lack of crusty bread in your life. Thank you. It's okay. Um, I can get some at some point. That's yet another thing I missed about Emerson. Ready access to crusty bread. Yeah, it's okay. We'll be back soon. We'll be back. We're, We're both we- missing college so hard right now. <laughs> yeah, I'm. I miss you. I miss school. I miss. Yeah. Uh, we're sad people. Like. Uh, the way I communicate, the way I communicated missing Jack is I sent a Galeer thirst trap and I followed it up with, I miss you. Yeah, it's okay. When I said, I miss you, I started the text off with not to show emotions, but um, equally as bad as expressing affection via a Galeer thirst trap. <laughs> We're emotionally stunted. Yeah. <laughs> it's okay. Um, we have news. We do. The about first the world. <laughs> <laughs> it's actually about Mars. <laughs> <laughs> I wanna go first. We're doing great. I wanna go first. Okay, you can go first. It is it is partially news and partially we've actually watched things that are relevant recently and can talk about them. Um, which is that I my dad and I started Sweet Tooth, uh, which is the Netflix show that has gotten fairly popular. Um and I would highly recommend it actually. Um neither my dad nor I went in with the highest expectations. Um, because when we watch TV, we look for things that are watchable and we can make fun of. Um, but we couldn't even make fun of this because we were actually invested. It's, um, it, I really like it. It's a little bit like if Swiss Army Man and the Wilder people had a child during COVID. Um, in a good way. I love those two movies. Um, and I think that it deals with the pandemic in a way that is um not intolerable as someone who has lived through a pandemic and now fucking hates it when it's included in media um i think that it was okay all Um, right also little boy with with antlers and deer ears is adorable guts my beloved is Um, this the is this the david opinion corner no this is the jack opinion corner uh gus my beloved i can and will kill for him Um, understandable no matter what the context is Hmm. uh that's the sweet tooth review (laughs) all right the other relevant things that have come out this week in the heights came out last week it was released in theaters on an hbo max uh 
we have both seen it. I went and saw it on Sunday. I genuinely had a great time. Uh, just don't think too hard about it whenever you get home. <laughs> it's a great, I, I'm not saying that because it's bad. I'm saying that because it's by Lin-Manuel Miranda. And if you think about it too hard, you're going to be like, wow, okay. Uh, for example, there's a line early on in the movie where the hair salon ladies, they're talking, uh, they're talking and they're like, we came over on slave ships and there's only one Afro-Latino person in the room like one black person in the room and you're like, oh, okay. Uh, so there's moments like that scattered throughout and uh, they did not cast. And as you can notice by the fact that I noted the number of people in the room, uh, they did not cast a lot of black people or Afro-Latino people. So obviously it has its flaws. Yeah, but they cast well, a lot of Latinx people. Um, and fun time. Yeah, no, I, as an avid musical enjoyer, um, as a, um, I'm embarrassed about it, but as a genuine fan of Lin-Manuel Miranda's work, um, mm -hmm. and as someone who has been very sad about the state of movie musicals recently, In the Heights is fantastic. It's a um, really good movie, like, A lot of the elements... I, I've listened to the Broadway soundtrack. A lot of the elements that they changed, obviously they shouldn't have cut the songs that they cut. Everything I know belonged in the movie. Um, however, a lot of the musical choices that they made, I liked a lot, maybe even more than the Broadway soundtrack. Um, the cast, fantastic. Anthony Ramos, Azus Navi, he fucking killed it. Um, and the way, the way that they like incorporated the music into the movie and the way that they really went back to like what movie musicals are supposed to be before the market got completely oversaturated with them like it felt it felt very west side story you know mm -hmm. um, honestly like, it, it had one of the, the way dance was incorporated the way that the music switched between diegetic and non-diegetic it was just all around excellent movie even if you don't like movie musicals i would recommend watching it because it's mm -hmm. it's oh it's good yeah I think it's a great movie. Uh, honestly, has one of the best introductions for a musical, a movie musical I've ever seen. Yeah, knocked it out of the park. Like that first eight minutes, uh, with the opening number, blows you away. It's very good. Like the staging, the the production value, insane. Mm -hmm. So honestly, it's worth a watch. But like I said, it's Lin Manuel Miranda. So enjoy it but don't think about certain parts too hard while you're watching it. Yeah. Think no. about it afterwards. To, to clarify, when I say I'm a big fan of Lin-Manuel Miranda's work, I mean that he is a lyrical and musical genius. I don't mean that he is um, the, he's, he's not great at a lot of the social things he tries to address with his work. Um, yeah. I do think In the Heights is better at it than Hamilton, objectively. Which um, is a very low bar. That's yeah, like limbo. it's a low bar. But I also, um, like, I don't know. A lot of criticisms of In the Heights social commentary, um, I take with a little bit of a grain of salt because it is based so much on Lin-Manuel Miranda's experience living there. Yeah, um, no. Like, That's it's based on one man's experience living in Washington Heights for a while. 
Yeah, no, that's not my critique. Mostly because I don't have a place to critique that because that's his experience. Yeah. It's more about his his casting decisions and the way he handled that. Yeah, that's true. Uh, so that's more where my complaint lies about him doing the, uh, apparently being fine casting Black people as slave owners, but not casting them in his movie musical uh, where they get to sing and dance fun songs. Yeah. So hey, that's slave owners get to sing and dance fun songs too. <laughs> Someone cut that. Someone cut that. And post that on Twitter. <laughs> didn't didn't she see what I miss? Thomas Jefferson does little jazzy moves all over that stage. <laughs> Man, twenty fifteen was a wild time. We just accepted that and called that okay. Yeah, we were oh like. My- we were like, wow, what a catchy song. And it was, but then we missed the part where he, where he goes home and his slave opens the letter for him. <laughs> yeah. Wow, that that musical was a fucking mess. Catchy jazz song with a throwaway line about Thomas Jefferson's 16-year-old slave that he kept assaulting. I want to keep it very clear. I want to make it very clear. I'm not laughing because it's funny. I'm laughing because I'm so uncomfortable thinking about it. Yeah. Um... What other uh, things besides we watched those two things? Uh, the other thing, uh, the trailer for the Uzumaki uh, adaptation, the animated adaptation came out today. This is a me thing because okay. I'm a giant Jinji Ito fan. I know this. And I love you. <laughs> Adult Swim last year was like, we're going to make an Uzumaki series. And everyone was like, great. And they released a little teaser and it looked really pretty. It was like a like a partially animated still from like the books and everybody was super psyched but they just released a trailer today and oh my god the animation looks so good it looks like they've taken Jinji Ito's style but then like they put it they put it in motion and they like gave it life they like breathed life into it like it's already such a it's already a a style that has so much like a vibrant emotion in it because it's like horror so he's very good at depicting like intense emotion Mm -hmm. but this gave like an an edge to it and it's so beautiful it's in like black and white and it has you know how closely they worked with him when they were doing the series i imagine pretty closely because they have like it because the director uh is the the director himself is Japanese so this isn't like an American project that uh, I feel that's worth mentioning because Adult Swim is airing it so yeah uh it and the music is really good like it's done by a guy named Colin Stetson really good music nice really good atmosphere um Uh, and uh finally I guess wait I have another thing Oh. Okay. Uh, tomorrow at, I believe, 1 p.m. Eastern, um, the new Dimension 20 trailer is dropping. Yes. I was about to say the same thing. Yeah. I'm, hope- I'm hoping for Fantasy High Junior Year because it's been a while since they've done Fantasy High. Fantasy High Junior Year would be very cool. Um, Please. Please. <laughs> Brennan, I'm on my hands and knees. <laughs> more Fabian. More Fabian. Um, where, where are my lesbians? Yeah. Where are they? I would also um, be very okay with another one shot. 
Yeah. I was having a great time with the one shots. However, I also desperately want more fantasy high content because the last time they did fantasy high, just to put this into perspective, was at the beginning of the pandemic. Yeah. Well, they've only done one campaign since then. They've only done Mice and Murder. No, um, they also did Pirates of Leviathan, which was a spinoff. Oh, right. And then, then and then they did Tiny Heist with the McElroys. And then they Tiny did Mice Heist and wasn't Murder. During the pandemic. Uh, it was pre-recorded. Oh. But it was released during the pandemic. Interesting. Yeah, Fantasy High Season 3 uh, would be excellent. Someone also suggested that it might be a Western, though. I would eat that up. Please. Imagine (laughs) Cowboy Zakoyama. I need a moment. (laughs) You want to know the funniest thing? What? The thing about fantasy, uh, the thing that really gets me about the Dimension 20 fandom is it's the only fandom that, fandom I've seen actively beg the creators to take a break. Yeah, Brennan was like, new D20 trailer's gonna be announced, and they were like, Brennan. <laughs> Brennan, when was the last time you got a full night's sleep? <laughs> Brennan, my love? I think the man eats, uh, breathes, eats, sleep, sleeps, drinks, D&D. I think if you shook Brennan Lee Mulligan, you would just hear dice noises. I'm sure. Um, I've said this before. I'll say it again. I think that the dome is real. The idea <laughs> that the set is a myth. And I think that um, for Fantasy High freshman year, they locked Brennan Lee Mulligan in that dome and he has not left. Mm. All of the appearances he's made outside um, have been green like screen. green screen and special effects. Yeah, uh, what was the thing you described? Uh, someone said that he eats dome cheese, and I laughed so hard I cried at the yeah. idea of dome, dome cheese. cheese. I think is a bit in one of the seasons, though. There's yeah. also dome salami and crown of candy. Um, no, it literally made me cry laughing at the idea of Bradley Mulligan like foraging in the dome. <laughs> someone said that they lift off the cap. Uh, like this yeah. is. The- <laughs> <laughs> He dropped the other players in. God, the comment section of the TikTok I made about that, it's perfect. It's everything I want. Reading, I sometimes I go to that comment section whenever I need to laugh really hard. Good. Because I'll go there and people will just say the wildest shit. Yeah. Oh my god. I like the idea. I also like the idea that the players have to bring him food. Mm-hmm. <laughs> They're like sneaking salami into him. Allie, to eat. Allie Beardsley like slips him a sandwich under the table that gotcha. they've that they've like smuggled in with a inner pocket on their flannel. Yeah. Uh, Zach Oyama offers like uh, some crackers he's been keeping in his front pockets. <laughs> what are we gonna do today? I am like for the people at home, I am literally bright red. We have fun. We have fun here at Lukeworm Takes. <laughs> um should hey. I explain today's episode? Yeah, but yeah. Hey, hey Brennan. <laughs> Come here. Brennan, Come here, Brennan. Hey, 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 don't tell Sam Rice and they just kind of a granola bar. <laughs> They give him like a Luna bar under the. They you hear him, like, Sam a... banging on the dome, being like, "Is someone feeding Brennan?" 
You're not supposed to do that. Hey, hey, no. Not until he's given us another season. Hey, hey, no. He has scheduled feedings. <laughs> Please do not feed Brennan outside of his scheduled feeding. Wow. It's like the scene in Hannibal whenever, like, uh, Cl uh, Cl uh, Clara Starling walks in, and, uh, he <laughs> and Hannibal is, like, already standing there in front of the door. <laughs> That's what it looks like whenever Sam Reich comes in to check on Brennan. He's, like, yes. standing. Precisely. <laughs> God. He Hello, Samuel. <laughs> Hello, Samuel. <laughs> Um, okay, today, dear listeners, <laughs> if we can stop thinking about Pred and Lee Mulligan's eating habits, <laughs> um, it's our, it's our season one finale. Hooray! Uh, we have enough shit going on that we have to say goodbye to Lukewarm Takes for a couple weeks. Um, but hey, don't worry, we aren't abandoning you. We're actually going to have a bunch of other stuff going on. I'm going to do the spiel this time. Thank you very much. This isn't going to change anything. Hey, no, your father and I, we still love each other. We just need some yeah, space. We just need some time apart. Um, we say that as if we're not going to turn around and be like, all right, when are we scheduling this, this, and this? Yeah. Um, uh, so for our finale, we have gotten comments from family, from listeners, from random strangers on the street. That last one's not true. Um, that we are somewhat a negative people um, in that we talk about things we don't like on this show um, and we watch things that make us unhappy, except for that one time we watched Space Jam starring Bill Murray and nobody else. <laughs> um, yeah, so what we have decided to do um, because we love making ourselves even more unhappy for you, and we dance like little monkeys for your pleasure. Um, we've compiled a list of all of the things that we have complained about this season, and we are going to s talk about things that we like about them. Um, and furthermore, um, every time we say something that is negative, uh, we are going for everything that we do, every negative thing that we say, we are going to be donating a dollar to the Queer Women of Color Media Arts Project, um, which is a lovely uh, project that is helping um, queer women of color make cool art uh, and films. And if you want to check out their work and you want to donate to, which I highly encourage you to do, yeah. check out qwocmap.org. Yeah. That is qwocmap.org. Yeah, because a lot of the things that we've complained about, we've had good reason to complain about, you know, um, because they fucking suck. Um, specifically, they suck for marginalized people. And so while we are trying to come up with good things about these things we are also going to help make good things happen for the people that uh the topics of our previous episodes have hurt yeah and basically this episode is putting our money where our mouth is yeah because it's one thing to talk about it it's another thing to actually put your wallet in it 
which is what people should be doing. But okay, here's my plan. Is All right, I'm gonna pull up a whiteboard. I already have like a. Oh, you have a whiteboard. Whiteboard. Okay. You have the. I'm gonna put this away. Then I was so excited to use my little. Oh, I'm sorry. We can use your little. No, I wanted. This is fun. This is way more fun. But Wait, we uh, can see it. That's your tally of negative shit. This is my tally of negative shit. I'm gonna do uh, a sad face between us. <laughs> uh, for the folks at home, look at my pen, because I look at my little sword pen. Oh, it's a little sword pen. I got it from the Jackson Pirates of the Kenny. Caribbean ride. Percy Jackson Kitty. Uh, it's more like I got this from the Pirates of the Caribbean ride in Disney World, and I thought, wow, that's a cool pen, and I went to write with it, and, uh, it, it actually uses red ink, which is poetic. Oh, like blood. Yeah, I think that's the point. Dolores Umbridgekin. I hate it here. Uh, she's actually, that's what... <laughs> That's your J.K. Rowling kins because she spends too much time caring about the lives of queer children. Ford <laughs> is donating a dollar to Quack Map. That took. That took. How long did that take? Like, like less than a minute. Um, it's okay. Awful. It's J.K. Rowling, and you're allowed to say mean shit about her because she deserves everything she gets. I do. I and that's one for Jack. Okay. okay. Um, should we start with the list? Yeah, I have a list on my phone that's entitled saying positive things about terrible content, right? <laughs> uh, that doesn't count because I titled that yeah, days ago. I, I Yeah. Uh, so on the list, I have every single topic mostly every single topic not space jam not space jam space jam is the perfect entity space jam has done nothing wrong ever in its life uh so today's topics that we are going to in this marathon of an episode is supernatural marvel sia's music it's got to get worse as we go down by the way no. uh riverdale award shows Every queer baby show, including uh, in parentheses, I added, you have to say nice things about Voltron. Because uh, I final- said that to you when we were planning this episode. Yeah, and then finally, uh, Broadway. All right. Let's start at the top of the list. Yeah. Uh, what was the top of the list? I don't supernatural. remember. Supernatural. <sighs> so we're starting strong. Okay. You know, you know what was also strong? You know what was really strong? Supernatural's strong first season. <laughs> Supernatural's first season was, yes, it was good. <laughs> Listen, um, this is this is a good one to start off with because I do genuinely have a few good things to say yeah. about Supernatural. Um, I think this is a softball. I think this is yeah. like there's so many bad things to say about Supernatural, but I think I think there's enough to scrape by there. Yeah. The first, I, I say this a lot, um, but I'm going to say it again. The first five seasons of Supernatural, that was a good show. Um, mm-hmm. Was it the perfect show? Obviously not. 
um but it was it was good they had like a cool thing going they um did like they built some decent lore and did some cool things with it with the sword of michael and vessel of lucifer plotline um i thought that was neat uh they yeah they said they set up a really uh interesting like dynamic between the brothers especially whenever they actually had like that uh opposition going there with sam with them with sam and uh and with sam being associated with the devil and dean being associated with the angels and blah 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 uh i wish they'd actually uh damn it finish your thought i wish they had actually continued to use that plot in dynamic I wish they had actually thought through what they were going to do because they seem to have this idea going and then they jumped the shark at the end there because they're like, ah, shit, we need more content. Yeah, uh, it was. They entirely yeah. dropped the characterization is the point. Yeah, what I was trying hard not to say, but now, now I can say it. <laughs> um, is that the first five seasons were really, really excellent until they ruined it with literally the last shot of the season five finale that revealed Sam was still alive. Um, because then they were like, we can we can milk 10 more seasons of this for money. Um, which mm-hmm. was great. Uh, yeah. Uh, I also, I'm gonna, I'm gonna keep going with positivity. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that even the relationship between Dean and Cass in seasons four and five was a a pretty cool dynamic that they managed to explore. Yeah, Um, I genuinely think the introduction of Cassiel in seasons four and five made a great addition. Yeah. In the early seasons, hold on, ah, shit, my computer's gonna die. Uh, But in the early seasons, Castiel was a great addition. Misha Collins was a really fun actor and he knew how to interact with the group. He knew how to play ball. Like, yeah. okay. Could- yeah, the supernatural, the supernatural cast say what you will about their um, political beliefs and their, their <laughs> behavior. I'll add, I'll add something. I'm adding a point. Damn say it. Will about Jared Padalecki. Um, but the behind the scenes antics are so fun to watch i mm-hmm. still watch the supernatural gag reels often very often yeah um, it's just they're they're fun guys you know yeah uh, there's a lot of people up but they're fun guys <laughs> yeah i i genuinely think that you could tell that they were having fun with the show yeah so like I'll give I'll give them that they were having a lot of fun they were enjoying what they were making, and I think that's really commendable all things considered. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that they had a lot of great side characters early on, like I mentioned with Castiel. They had Bobby, who was a really fun addition. They had they real uh, Meg really liked Meg uh, yeah, Ruby. Great. All the characters that they had early on were really fun. Uh, their female oh, Ellen. Ellen, oh my uh, God, Ellen was great. The fucking Roadhouse, it was yeah, it was so good. Every time, every time they gave Dean like parental figures, who you loved to see it. <laughs> yeah, the women of Supernatural carried that team. Yes, 
because they were the best supporting characters. Like, Castiel's great, but... Ooh, that means that we have something good to say about post-season five, because Charlie doesn't come in until season seven. Yes, Charlie was a great addition. She made a relatively weak season look really good. Damn it, I wasn't thinking about that one. Season seven, when I tell people how to watch Supernatural, I tell them to watch season seven. Um, because it is homosexual in a in a queer bait way. Uh, it is homosexual. Does that count as negativity? Yes, it does. Okay. Um, yeah, it is homosexual and uh, the plot um, stands out amongst the later seasons. And then I say watch the first few episodes of season 10 because uh, Dean is hot when he is a demon. That's all. Mm. Yeah, no, I think the female characters really improved the show. I yeah. think a lot of that has to do with the fact that most of the people they brought in are really good actors. Like uh, Felicia Day. Felicia Day. Felicia Day's a phenomenal actress. Love Felicia Day. Uh, how do I phrase this? <laughs> this yeah, is just us thinking very hard about how we can say mean things in a nice way. <laughs> <laughs> I I am surprised that she chose to do Supernatural, but I am glad she did. That was a good way of saying it. Sorry, I am trying to turn my lights on. Um, yeah, you're like sitting in a darkened room right now. It wasn't dark when I got here. <laughs> well, no. That's how the sun works. Isn't that right, Oliver? Hi, Oliver. Okay. Speaking of, Oliver ate a Luna bar earlier. I don't know where he got it. Oh, like Brennan Lee Mulligan. <laughs> Call back to the earlier joke in this episode. That <laughs> Call back to five minutes ago. <laughs> okay. Should we move on from Supernatural? Yeah. Uh, well, hold on. If you're gonna go say about supernatural, if we're gonna go hard mode about this, no. Yes, we have to talk about it. We have to talk about Desiel. Oh, I thought you were gonna say the finale. We do have to talk about the finale too, by proxy. The finale was good because here's why it gave. It gave so many people a chance to look back on the time they had spent with the show. Uh, it, it, really, it really brought the Supernatural community together, past and present, and probably future. I'm, I'm sure There's still fans of Supernatural who will watch that? Supernatural in the future, if there will be anyone. <laughs> yeah, I was about to say... Um, my question is, uh, the sh since the show is over and for no other reasons at all, uh, how is there a supernatural renaissance? That is something I've noticed. <laughs> it is, it, it, the supernatural renaissance happened because Destiel was such a cultural event. <laughs> um, and this is why, no, I can't talk about it. Fuck. <laughs> 
You have to. You've started the thought. Fine, I'll just give myself like two tallies for what I'm about to say. <laughs> it's lit- It's like exactly what they were planning. They were like, if we, I feel like they made Destiel become canon in an intentionally horrible way because they were like, this will get us traction and this is what we need for our finale. And then they make the finale bad and now everyone cares about Supernatural again because the ending was bad and so then people go back and like people are falling in love with these characters and this show again and i um i like grew up in the supernatural fandom supernatural fan fiction is the reason i am a writer now um like it it meant a lot to me and it's cool to see it mean a lot to other people again um but it's really because the ending of the show was so bad on purpose it's the CW trap, baby. That's where the It is. Is. Mark me down for that. Okay. Yeah. That that's their that's their game. Like they yeah. they know they can't make good television, so rather than learning to improve, they just make garbage. Okay. Yeah. No, I'll Can take we the come L. up with anything else that's good to say about the you know what? I, supernatural. You know what? I will say this. I think it's very impressive the way that, like you were saying, the way it made everyone come together on this one thing. Yeah. And I think it's, and to say one good thing about Destiel, uh, even though it wasn't my, my bag, like it just wasn't my kind of thing. Uh, but I genuinely think that the reason we have a lot of the like a lot of the like foundations for fandom culture we see today like came from supernatural yeah it's from um i'm sorry i'm gonna say this word it's from super hulak yeah like Like, that's super hulak walked so that tma tiktok could run I'm right, and I should say it. I'm gonna need to take a walk. I'm right. Like, oh, there's so many. You should. Yeah, (laughs) no, I should. Like, there's so many things that we just like accept as part of fandom culture today, and not like a lot of them are now considered like cringy, um, but they still like mean a lot to people. Um, and we owe Supernatural and Sherlock for a lot of them. Both the good and the not so good. Yeah. But we we deal with the consequences of our actions. Yeah. All right, I have one more thing to say about Dustiel. Okay. Which is that parts of Cass's confession did kind of bang. They gave him such good writing. Yeah. For, Castiel, for yeah, Castiel is really like a the hidden gem of Supernatural. Um, He's the reason the last 10 seasons weren't as unbearable as they could have been. Yes. I feel like that counts as positive. It counts. It does. Um, yeah, Castiel, he, of all of the characters in the show, he has the most moments where I was like, damn, kid. <laughs> you got a good thing going writing wise. Um yeah. 
and right up right up until his end right up until he got he got sucked into a homophobic super hell by the concept of nothingness love wins <laughs> happy pride month um what's next on our list uh well you know how i mentioned that this seems to get harder the longer we go yeah uh next is marvel okay marvel uh, can we just talk about thor ragnarok no okay let's talk about all of marvel and i will go first once again because i know you and i know me and i know all my friends out there and i know i know how how dependent the trans mask community is upon the marvel cinematic universe looking at you shout out to loki my man loki in the back shout right out now. loki shout out, shout out tom holland spider-man tom shout out to all the trans masks that came back to spider-man after tom holland were, was made spider-man shout out bucky barnes Woo! yeah this um one, this one's for all the boys in the club yeah we were we were young and we hadn't been radicalized yet. And also, notably, Marvel hadn't been bought by Disney yet when the MCU started. No, I think that's a very important thing to know. We also, keep you that still, in mind. But we you were still need to mark. You still need to mark us down for uh, Destiel. You forgot to add an extra point. For you or for me? For both. Oh, okay. <laughs> that's fair. Um. Oh my god, I lost my train of thought. We were young, um, we didn't yet know that uh, Marvel films were funded by the US military um, and designed to indoctrinate children into um, loving superheroes and hating poor people. Uh, I'll give myself a point, don't we worry, I know. Um, and when you don't know that about Marvel and you see you see Tom Holland or Sebastian Stan on screen or Tom Hiddleston, um, you're like, I'm, I'm going to use they them pronouns for a bit. And it's beautiful. It's such a it's such a quintessential experience of growing up in the early 21st century. Um, and we owe Marvel for it. And I personally, I'm still grateful. My best friend in the world, we became friends because we worked on an amputee Spider-Man AU together. Cheers. Um, do you have anything good to say? I think that uh, Marvel is a place where, I will say this, I really, I genuinely believe this. Uh, early Marvel and certain parts of Marvel now have been really good for new actors and new directors to get discovered. Yes. That's because, very true. Like, uh, that's where Tom Holland got his street cred. That's where Tom Hiddleston got his. That's where, like, the Hiddleston... Chadwick. That's where th Chadwick Boseman. Chadwick, Bo Chadwick Boseman was already a super renowned actor, but then he got, like, huge, these crazy big roles because, yeah. of, because of Black Panther. Uh, you know, uh, who else did? The Hemsworth brothers. The Hems... Chris Hemsworth. People forget this was unknown before Thor. Thor was the reason, is the reason 
that Chris Hemsworth has a career today. Yeah. Like, there's a few actors here and there. Like, you have Chris Evans, you have Chris Pratt, unfortunately. Uh, <laughs> hey, no, that wasn't about Marvel. That was about Chris Pratt. Okay. I took it off. Yeah, that was about Chris Pratt. Well, who isn't technically in Marvel. Whatever. Uh, no, Chris, like, uh, there's actors there who did have careers before because you had, like, Chris Evans, who was in Scott Pilgrim and uh, Fantastic Four, and Chris Pratt, who was in Parks and Recreation and all those sorts of shows. Yeah. But some of the best actors out of the MCU came from people who were relatively unknown or only known within the theater world yeah like that's where we found the best people that's how more people actually came to know Taika Waititi mm-hmm. was because yeah, of Taika, Thor Ragnarok like, yeah Ty- it certainly wasn't his like directorial debut it wasn't even like the movie that got him known in the film world but in terms of like regular people like, Taiko Waititi is not a household name, but definitely, like, on his way to becoming one. Um, and it was, it's because of Thor Ragnarok. Yeah, and, like, with the new Loki series, Kate Heron, who's currently directing that. Yeah. She, I just know that after this, she's going to have jobs out the door. Yeah, exactly. Because Marvel makes careers for people. hmm Now. <laughs> Talking <laughs> myself the hole here. Yeah, just mark this down. You know what? I'm going to say it. Do they give careers mostly to white people and straight white people and straight cis white people? Yes. Yes. Too In wrong. fact, I'm pretty sure that's the only people they've given careers to. Like Chadwick Boseman already had a career before yeah. that. This like, is true. This is all very true. All right. So, I'm just saying, uh, while Marvel makes careers for people, they don't Marvel make makes careers for the people they want to have careers. Exactly. It's all very manufactured. Yeah. Um, I got one more nice thing to say. Guardians of the Galaxy, both volumes, best movies of all time. Oh my god, they're so good. And, you know so what? good and for what you know what spider-man homecoming despite also being about hating poor people to some extent and the fact that it made tom holland's character of spider-man uh who's supposed to be a poor kid into a tech bro who's dependent on tony stark uh I, you know what? i'm about to use up all my points on this i might i damn there is not a limited it. number of points i know the limit is how much money's in your bank account my friend why don't we do a check real quick how much can i burn on this i could do it i um guardians of the galaxy i need everyone to know right now that um there's a shelf in my room that is dedicated to rocket the raccoon memorabilia i my first cosplay was peter quill like i i love guardians of the galaxy and i loved spider-man homecoming despite what i just said because you know what despite its flaws it's a fun fucking movie it is i was saying this in the pre-show like movies 
do not have to be cinematically good to be fun to to watch to be just an, an enjoyable time yeah like and so many no, marvel it, movies are like that like you know what no it's not gonna win an oscar no it's not gonna like take home a golden globe boy but did they I'm... try with infinity war though that was worth it that was worth <laughs> a dollar <laughs> why did you why did you market for infinity war to win a fucking oscar <laughs> but, but, three hours of eugenics my friend <laughs> uh i saw the worst tweet the other day that was like these growing up is realizing these guys are right and you want to know who what the rotation <gasps> i was? saw it too it wasn't it was it was thanos the joker killmonger killmonger and, and omni man and omni man god like one of these things is not like the other <laughs> like hey uh killmonger had his flaws but let's not group him up over here yeah killmonger and thanos those guys were after different things <laughs> Yeah, uh, maybe, maybe don't put them together. Yeah. But Um, no, I've been thinking about that constantly because I need to know what's going on in that person's head. Me too, me too. Okay, do we have any closing thoughts about Marvel? I, I hope to God they do, I, I really like what they've been doing lately, like on, because like their Disney Plus series, they've actually been doing something really cool, like they've been getting spirit, they've been having fun. Yeah. Like they do really cool ideas. I want to see that brought to the main screen now. Yeah. Because I see what they're doing. I see what they're doing, which is that they're trying to test the waters. They're trying to see how people respond to being more experimental about things, you know? Mm-hmm. They're like, no, we're a brand. We have to test things first. But no, I, I genuinely think what they're doing is a really good idea and might actually and will bring some really good, like some artistic integrity like some to yeah. marvel like because there's some really cool ideas yeah that people have been giving and you will hear from us when thor love and thunder comes out it will be a whole episode god absolutely it. it will be a whole episode for taika Check <laughs> on the list we're taika's cult we are hold on I've been thinking about, I still haven't ordered a poster. I'm thinking about getting a written and directed by Taika Waititi poster. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have bad news. What's next, friend? Uh, well, mm. So it's Sia's music. No! <laughs> no! <laughs> I, like, took a pause. Okay. Okay. What is there that is good about Sia's music. Um. <laughs> well. The lighting looked great. There was good lighting sometimes. Um. Hmm. Costume department did a great job. Did they? <laughs> Point. <laughs> there were there were some moments. Remember that fucking dog? <laughs> the sheepdog costume? Um, you know, uh Leslie Odom Jr. did a great job. Leslie Odom Jr. has a beautiful singing voice. You know what? Beautiful voice. Yeah. 
Hey, you, I, you know what, Maddie Ziegler, she did a pretty good job despite yeah, everything. Despite the blackface. And um, the everything. Yeah. I, yeah, Maddie Ziegler genuinely, she's yeah. talented. She, yeah, she has talent. Um, was she using that talent for evil? Yes. Uh, but she has it. Yeah, uh... <laughs> did you realize what you did? Yeah. I got it. Okay, I fixed it. Um... Uh, do we have to say more? Yes, we need to spend five minutes on this so we can justify it. No. Yes. Um... The the production of the movie, right? The fact mm -hmm. that it was made and came out, um, brought the the mistreatment of autistic people in film to the attention of a wider audience than it had been in before. Hey, there we go. Good spin. Like people, people um have started recognizing ableism in movies more because Sia's music did such a good job of portraying it. <laughs> Sia's music is, it's truly a shining example. <laughs> this is a lesson in PR. Sia made such a wonderful red flag. <laughs> it's just the, the, the color, the construction. And you know what? They did such a good job. They did such a good job, really, showing showing the flaws within the, within the uh, the the film industry, the the stereotypes that people still hold. They did a good job portray portraying that uh, and showing people that they haven't disappeared. Yeah, because it wasn't they did not choose to just depict the main character that way no yeah sia sia's music really it took it upon itself to portray every stereotype um and it was ambitious but well executed you know you know really great execution yeah it was it was it did what it set out to do with flying colors. Uh, some of the music videos reminded me of a Lady Gaga music video. Yeah, yes. On crack cocaine. <laughs> point. A point for you, Stanford. Damn it! I thought about that so carefully. Um, yeah, some of the music was better than I was expecting the music to be going in. Um, uh, I think Sia did a decent job on the music. Yeah. I like uh, the poster design, genuinely. Poster was cute. Those eggs, I liked it. Poster was real cute. I'm a fan. I'm a fan of art featuring breakfast foods. 
You can tell my my microphone is still the breakfast sock. There's a little egg. Mm-hmm. I'm yeah. It was good. Can we please move on? Yep. Uh. Well. No. <laughs> Every uh, day it gets worse. Riverdale's after this. I have good things to say about Riverdale. Okay. I think there's. I think this is a nice little. Honestly, I think. I think Riverdale, there's some salvageable things about it. Yes. So. The memes. Yes. The, quote, the quotes Riverdale has given us. Riverdale uh, is extremely quotable. Yeah. No, like, like, no, I haven't experienced the epic highs and lows of high school football. And yes, I am a weirdo. I'm weird. You have never seen me without this hat. And that is weird, you know? Well, man, you look like you got in a bear attack last night. <laughs> or my personal favorite, you're looking especially dilfy today, Mr. Andrews. <laughs> I, as we know, I'm a big fan of Read My Glossed Lips. Read My Glossed Lips, Justin Gingerlake. Justin Gingerlake. <laughs> God. Honestly, the actor... They did a great job with what they had. Mm-hmm. Like, the acting was, it, it was better than I was expecting it to be. Yeah. Like. Yeah, there is it, some talent in Riverdale. Like, uh, the, the girl who plays Veronica, she did a great job. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think, at least in the episode that we saw, um and i'm assuming the early seasons um it did what it set out to do with like this um i don't want to give it the credit of calling it campy i'll give myself a negativity point for that one um i don't want to give it the credit of calling it campy but it's like it's like twin peaks with more emphasis on the high school drama element of twin peaks um and i i liked that angle you know and I, I think at was... times it really did a good job capturing how stupid teen shit can be sometimes. Yeah. Like, obviously, there are points whenever it gets into this, like, really mature territory where it's like, ah, we do drugs and <laughs> called jingle jangle. <laughs> <laughs> jingle jangle. Jingle jangle. <laughs> Again, and funniest f- quotes in the world come from Riverdale. <laughs> and fizzy rocks fizzy rocks that's their other drug but no i genuinely think there's some stu- they do some like inane high school bullshit that's really good like with yeah. archie wanting to pursue music i'm like oh that's such stupid teen bullshit perfect <laughs> yeah it's like i yeah it is a show that um i could very easily see myself like getting through a season and a half in a day um it's like yeah it's just it's very bingeable like not even it's just like it's just like a shitty little teen show and i don't mean i mean like shitty affectionate not shitty derogatory yeah no like after i love misfits after we finished uh watching that episode i damn near went back to watch more yeah because i I was like i kind of want to see where this goes it's the thing about riverdale that the cw does so good is they managed to get this exact little niche where yeah. they 
between almost like like you were saying almost campy like to the point of ridiculous mm-hmm. but also trying to be a drama and yeah, it's like it, it's a drama but it's like so over the top that you can't take it seriously it's and a soap so it's opera like, it yeah it like pulls you in the way that a drama would but it you can still poke fun at it you know it's very soapy it's very much like a soap opera and i mean that affectionately because there's a reason soap operas continue yeah to have the audience they do like why do you think gray's anatomy has gone for 15 seasons Mm -hmm. gray's anatomy has gone is wait what season is gray's anatomy on let me google it uh by the way my friend's sister no my sister's friend excuse me uh said we should do a friends episode or a Grey's Anatomy episode I don't think we can talk about that when we're trying to be positive in this in this moment no uh energy the energy that I am trying to radiate it is fragile Ford. um and mentioning spending an hour and a half talking about friends or Grey's Anatomy um it's it's really that might be my last straw uh i'll leave leave the zoom call nurse that's not a joke by the way that's genuinely something my sister told me that her friend told her uh but they are on 17 seasons right now okay that's good i would have to um have a little reckoning for myself if supernatural had gone on the same amount as Grey's anatomy Mm -hmm. yeah okay but yeah, I do think there are some things to love about Riverdale, and I think I can understand why people get sucked into like the whole campiness of it. Mm-hmm. It's ridiculous, and I mean that affectionately. Yeah, because it's like it's it's ridiculous, but it's also intriguing. Um, like I I was the same way. Where after the first episode, I was like, well, that wasn't. I was like. I, I don't know that I would have watched this, like, I don't know that I would have decided to watch this for any reason other than content, but, like, now I kind of want to know what's going on. XOXO Jughead Jones. So XO, Gossip Girl. Yeah. I also G- did, Gossip like, Guy. Girl. Gossip Guy! <laughs> I'm gonna write, I'm gonna write Riverdale fanfiction having only seen one episode. And it's gonna be just like me making up scenarios that I think could have happened on Riverdale and writing them like a gossip girl entries. Except it's entitled Gossip Guy. Yes, exactly. Because Jughead Jones would never use an effeminate term for himself. No. Does that count? I feel yeah, like- it counts. Okay. We're still talking about Riverdale. I feel like we can be done talking about Riverdale now, though. Oh, okay. Uh, I think I'm gonna merge these next two sections sections together because uh, there's one that's gonna take a while. So I'm gonna merge award show and Broadway together. Okay. Why? Because they're things that I, I enjoy. <laughs> that and because I do think they are related in a way. That's, yeah, that's fair. Um, they're related in that it's all celebrity elitism mm-hmm. no i know One that's 15 dollars for jack yay <laughs> i'm supporting i'm supporting 
We're supporting the arts. Yes, we are patrons of the arts. Um, that we aren't paying $300 for in uh-huh. going to New York. You get a point too. Damn They're it. $13. Um, no, I, we just spent a good while talking about how good In the Heights is. Um, genuinely good things come to Broadway. Um, There's a lot of super creative people that make really good stuff. While Broadway is not the place that most of these projects are created, they all start off Broadway. Um, They all start as much smaller things. Like, them being on Broadway uh, is what gets them known by an audience, and, like, that's how the messages of like the shows like get spread um and i think it's very cool and i do think that while they are doing it more slowly than other industries they are improving um and i do think here's the thing i do think that they've done something really interesting which is they've normalized uh like broadway as a genre yeah like because it you because like for better or for worse you see a lot more people who are far more comfortable expressing the fact that theater is something that they want they enjoy and want to pursue yeah like they it is not seen as something that's something that's unrealistic or far away it's something that is accessible and it's seen as something that can happen within your community and a lot of that has to do with the fact that these broadway shows are getting a lot of mainstream hype yeah, Broadway becoming mainstream, while it does mean that Broadway is having to market towards mainstream more than it used to, um, Broadway becoming mainstream does mean that more aspiring actors have the opportunities that they deserve. Mm-hmm. Um, same thing goes with any tech people or like directors and production people, you know? It's and a lot of lot of great a lot of people have done like we were saying. There's a lot of really cool stuff that people yeah. have done by getting the opportunity and the budget that Broadway gets. Yeah. Without, I'm gonna, I'm gonna tread lightly here. I'm gonna tread so lightly. I am on, I am on point shoes right now. Um, the Hades Town Broadway soundtrack, mm-hmm. right, is what got a lot of people interested in Hadestown. Um, and as a big fan of Anais Mitchell and the work that she's done, that's good. There <laughs> it's we a good go. thing. <coughs> cool. <laughs> um, awards shows, I love, unironically. Um, this is something we've addressed before. They are fun. I get to see I get to see my favorite actors wear pretty dresses and I get to see them talk to my other favorite actors and then sometimes they get trophies. <laughs> if I if I don't think about it too hard, there are no downsides to a good awards show. But now Ford has to say good things about them. Yeah, uh it was easy for you. Yeah. No, I love I fucking love the Oscars. <laughs> I enjoy the fashion. Uh, that's why I like looking at the Met pictures after the Met happens, because I'm like, ooh, fun outfits. 
uh, I get to see people who I admire occasionally get rewarded for their work. Good job. That they so deserve. Yes, that is what I am going with. Uh, occasionally, it does promote. Does it? Well, <laughs> it does. I'm really. leaving in all of the awkward <laughs> silences in this episode because it really adds. I like that you can hear us struggling. Well, I mean, they're tr- trying. <laughs> Good job. Uh, they uh, gave an award to Steven Yoon last time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he really deserved it, and I'm glad that uh people are recognizing the talent of uh you know what i found a way to spin this okay i'm glad i'm glad that the oscars have caused people to recognize that there is a lack of recognition for people of color's work within film and especially as directors and writers and actors i think the oscars have caused people to realize that there is a huge people who obviously are not a part of that marginalized community who very much so are aware of of this gap but now other people are being made aware of that and i think that is something that the oscars have done by being so public all right i'm i'm not gonna i'm not gonna make you keep doing this you did a great job (laughs) thank you i i tried really hard yes there is a non-zero chance that I am going to make all of my friends watch at least one event in award season next year. Mm-hmm. Um, That's okay. Uh, I We've talked about, this is a side note for the folks at home. We've talked about going to New York for spring break, uh, which I think is so funny of us because I just know I know if we go to New York, we're going to whore ourselves out and go to a show. I don't know if we'll have the money. No, not on Broadway. Oh. Just a show. I just know we're going to whore ourselves out and go to a fucking show in New York. Yes, I'm probably going to make everyone go to a show at the Flea Theater because I fucking love the Flea Theater. Yeah. Um, Point is, theater's fun, damn it. Yes, it is. It is fun to sit in a dark room and watch people do a little performance. Um, And it is equally as fun to watch the people who did that performance get trophies while wearing pretty dresses. Mm-hmm. All right, what's next on the list? All right, this is the final one. There's a reason I moved this to the bottom. Okay. Ah, uh, it's every queer baby show. Yeah. Including. Including Voltron. Including Voltron including Voltron. Okay, we already talked about this a bit with Supernatural, but there's a bigger boy on the block. Yeah, well, what I want to say is shows shows with queer bait um, are the backbone of fandom culture, you know? It's true. 
it's about the paratextual relationships it's about the collective media analysis it's about i'm gonna cut myself off i think no i'm not it's about <laughs> it's about fans reducing characters down to a set of tropes and stereotypes that they can fit one collective gay narrative and fan work i sixteen dollars i do think that queer baby shows for all of all of their all of their issues like look at me look at me all of them have contributed something they've contributed something in that they've created a culture of people who now realize that sh shows are not looking out for you yeah and i do think unintentionally a lot of these queer baby shows with that whenever they weren't trying to be queer bait because eventually there is a point in every queer bait show where they realize ah aha there is a moment where they're like "Ooh, we can exploit this but before that they do a really good job at accidentally making really good subtext yeah and i think that's where a lot of the fun came in for people was the analyzing of this yeah i think like um if you grew up in the right fandom spaces like it gave you media literacy <laughs> I genuinely think that, mm, I think that that experience of learning, uh, of experiencing those shows and dissecting those shows and those characters uh, for perhaps what they visibly weren't, yeah, gave people a better sense of what they want yeah. from television. And it's like, I learned more about how to read into symbolism and like character interactions i learned more about how that works through um meta posts about bbc sherlock than i did through my high school english class exactly like i came out i came out of my um sherlock phase on tumblr.com a better uh analyst than i came out of the ib english program <laughs> and i do think there are moments within those shows that do a really good job because like voltron as much as i rag on it the first season of voltron like the first season had something really good yeah. they had solid characters they understood they had a really solid solid characters they had a interesting idea with the dynamic they were and they were having fun like they were having fun with the characters they understood it was a little ridiculous mm -hmm. they were they were being playful and they were uh incur and they were encouraging like that sort of like uh that they were encouraging that sort of like uh how the show is all based in like relationships mm -hmm. so they were encouraging like exploration of relationships and all that uh even clans to an extent uh I think it was a really I think in concept it was a really good pairing. I really yeah. do. I stand by that. And yeah, I, I a lot of like the shows 
the show's treatment of the relationships doesn't mean that they were bad relationships a lot of the time. Like, exactly. There's a lot of queer baby ships that, like, if you only look at the versions of them that the fans have created, they're, like, pretty decent relationships. Um, I, yeah, like, John and Sherlock, a good pairing. Unironically. <laughs> Yeah, it's, like, a good time. They work well together as, like, they work well together as partners like they're portrayed in the show, and they work well together as romantic partners. Yeah, they, when I, whenever I said that they do romantic subtext whenever they weren't trying to be intentional about it well, I really meant it. Yeah. And I think that's why, before they realize that there's profit to be gained, uh, whenever they have that realization, before they have that realization, they do a really good job of just portraying mm -hmm. male relationships in a way that are that isn't overly toxic yeah may but, i may i speak yeah hold on i'm gonna take i'm gonna go ahead and mark me down for this what i'm about to say okay uh it's their hatred of women that gets in the way very quickly yes it's their hatred of teenage girls especially as soon as they realize that their show and their fandom is mostly populated by teenage girls who have different ideas to what they believe to what they believe for their show's canon that's when it all goes down the drain yeah okay i am now i get i this is my i'm using up my quota of things that are so deeply things Jack Loney would say. Mm -hmm. um, this is why MASH is so good. <laughs> because they create the subtext that is there in the beginning of media that's really queer baby, but they never caught on that it was profitable because it wasn't profitable in the 1970s. Um, people still hated gay people. I mean, people still hate gay people. You know what I mean. Um, but because they never caught on that they had created really good gay subtext, they saw this beautiful relationship arc through to the end and they never made it like weird and exploitative. And it was just like a really good relationship for eight seasons straight. Um, for sure. Stan, Hawkeye, Pearson, BJ, Honeycutt. Yeah. I think that's where a lot, like, honestly, if they had just never tried, that's where the, that's where people fail to understand there's a difference between queer bait and shows that have romantic uh, undertones by accident. Yeah, there's a difference between queer bait and queer subtext. Like, there's so many shows that have been written recently where, like, if they just kept doing what they were already doing, it would be good. <laughs> yeah. No, I genuinely think that people don't a lot of people don't understand that gay relationships are different from straight uh, are not yeah. entirely fundamentally different from their yeah. friendships you know what i mean because mm -hmm. they're um, like ah you're because here's what straight people don't understand and i think this is a really fascinating thing they think that queer relationships are like straight relationships and that whenever you get into a relationship you suddenly have to act completely different yeah yes so and that is where they fail because every single time they make the characters act different. Mm -hmm. Like there's something there that they don't, like they make the characters act completely different because they're like, oh, they're in a relationship now. They have to change aspects about themselves to accommodate each other. It's like, no, 
you fail to understand queer relationships. You fail to understand the part where you have a relationship because you already liked each other as friends. Yeah. But yeah, like so many, so many queer bait shows start out with a really, like really good subtext. And I am not a person who needs more than subtext. Like obviously I understand the importance of um, clear representation, like visible representation. Hell, um, we're writing it. We write it. We are writing it. Nemesign coming soon to a Spotify near you. Um, after we fix our anchor. After we figure out our platform uploading shit. Um, but what I was saying is that like I like I see a subtextual relationship and I'm like, hell yeah, gay people. And I like don't really need more than that. And like, yeah, so many shows that are now like shining examples of queer bait in their beginnings were just good subtextual relationships. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I I liked a lot of them. Exactly. Liked past tense. But and I think that's a pretty good place to wrap up this episode of yeah trying to be positive. How did we do? Ford um has said 16 negative things. Jack has said 18 negative things. Yes. So we're about evenly paced. We are about evenly paced, and honestly. This is exactly how I thought we would do. <laughs> I was like, we will probably both be giving about $15. <laughs> we will both be giving a tidy sum. Yeah. Because here's the thing. Hey, boys and girls, sit down, take a seat. Uh, I'm gonna tell you something. Yes. Because this was all very fun. This was all very, we had a great time uh, here today. But yeah. what you need to realize for the people that perhaps think we're a little too negative or pessimistic or perhaps pretentious in some cases. The reason we're this way is because we think it's fun to analyze things that way. Yeah, we, and, we are like this because um, complaining is a valid form of communication. This is genuinely how we talk. We talk to each other by complaining. Yeah, and it's and, fun. And just because we criticize something does not, this is something that's so lost on people. Just because we dunk on something a lot doesn't mean we entirely dislike it. Yeah. Things exist in a gray ant, in a gray area. Yeah. Two things, two things can be true at once. Um, And this is usually the case for me where a piece of media is deeply bad and or problematic and also so good. (laughs) Just so good. And it is it is a better content and be more fun to talk about things, talk about the aspects of things that are bad and problematic. But that doesn't change the fact that like they are fun, like the reason like the things that we have watched for commentary on this, we've watched because we knew that we would have a good time watching them. Yeah. It wasn't because like, oh God, this fucking sucks. Let's complain about it. It was like, we will have a good experience watching this together and complaining about it. Yeah. We don't 
I think that's what a lot of people don't understand. We don't choose things with the intention of making our days worse. Except C is music. Except C is music. We choose things with the intention that we're going to have a good time together because first and foremost, and I think this is a good place to perhaps yeah. a good ending sentiment. We did this because we like hanging out with each other. Yes. We like talking to each other and we're both awkward. <laughs> yeah. So sometimes yeah. it helps for us to have a topic. And so this is just a way yeah, to do it. A podcast is um, if you are bad at conversations, having a podcast is a great way to uh, mediate a conversation <laughs> in a way that makes it more comfortable for everyone. Yeah, honestly. And now we're good at having conversations. Honestly, I think that doing each other. Yeah, honestly, I think having this show, because we started this, here's a bit of a retrospective, slightly mushy moment for the for the folks at home. Uh we started this back whenever we like whenever we didn't really know each other super well yet. Yeah, we started it in like September, which brain rot people don't know because we didn't start it on brain rot until fucking March. I don't know. Yeah. But we've been doing this since September and it was, it's been, it's been a good way to become friends. And now we are good friends. Exactly. And like so many things together. <laughs> I, I, I wouldn't choose to do with anyone else though. Yeah. Me neither. Wow. Wow, that's fucking gay. They like each other. Okay. <laughs> um, I've been Jack. I've been Ford. And follow if you want to support us, you can support us at Brain Rot Presents. That's presents with no ease. Brain Rot underscore presents with no e- presents with no ease at Patreon.com. You can follow us on Twitter under that same handle and on TikTok. Uh, you can also uh, shoot us an email about something at brainrotpresents at gmail.com. Uh, if you don't care about any of that and you just care about lukewarm takes, you can follow us at lukewarm takes EC on Instagram. I'm probably going to be making a graphic tomorrow while I'm doing a recording for uh, Dungeon Amateurs. Uh, and that's another thing. We have a couple more shows coming up. Uh, Nemesis coming out at the end of the month. We're probably going to have a solid date on when the first episode's released next week. So watch out for that. And we're also going to have Dungeon Amateurs releasing in July, late July. And, and as always, Prim's playlist comes out regularly. Yes. So even though Lukewarm Takes is going to be going away, if you're a patron, stick around. We're going to have a lot of stuff coming out. Like in probably more than we had before at that stay tuned for like there will be more script updates there will be concept art soon and Um, we'll we'll probably have a meet the cast very soon which i'm very excited about yes we have a cast we have a cast things are crazy and that's another thing that looking back that's the main reason we have to take hiatus because think of this as a positive thing because we have so much going on we're taking we're we're not coming back until like August because late June and July are so busy for Brain Rot Presents. Yeah, we are going to be making so much content. We yeah. are lukewarm takes may be going away, but we are not going anywhere. We yeah. are going to turn around and make more stuff. Yeah. All right. This has been Lukewarm Takes, the first season. We will be back. We will be sexier. Um we're gonna have our time skip designs. 
Yes. We will, God. The, the people we will be when we come back in August. You're not ready. We're gonna, we're gonna go on little spiritual journeys. Um, yeah. I'm gonna come back a Tarantino fan. That's a joke. <laughs> that is a joke. <laughs> Good God, that is a joke. <laughs> we will see you in several weeks. And if you want to donate to the organization, remember that is QWOCP at be linked below. QWOC at MAP.org. We're gonna link that in the in we're gonna link that in the description. And I hope you guys take care of yourselves this summer. Yeah. Goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs>